Welcome to the Soul Church Sunday Service Podcast. Well, we're going to carry on uh, looking at one of our RBT books for the month. We're going to look at Zephaniah tonight, Zephaniah 3, 11 to 17. I'm just going to read a little bit of that passage after Pete read it all earlier. Then the remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will speak no lies, nor will deceit be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your hearts, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. Let's pray. Let's talk to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he has come and lived and died and risen again for each one of us here. Heavenly Father, please, would he be real to us tonight? Well, give me the words to say. Lord, help me. I need your help. But please help everyone here to listen. Lord, those who don't want to be here, those who are distracted, full of doubt. Whatever it is, Lord, please talk to us now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I remember the day that I broke my brother's arm really clearly. I can see the whole thing like it's crystal in my mind. I was seven and he was nine. And we're, we're living in a little flat in Gloucester. And me and my brother were arguing and play fighting, as we often did, on the sofa in our living room slash dining room slash kitchen in this tiny little pokey flat. And uh, he'd had enough. He'd had enough of me winding him up and trying to fight him. So he he tried to get away, but I wouldn't let him get away. I was on him. And eventually he managed to throw me off the sofa onto the floor and then try to get up and then walk away to our bedroom. And uh, so I just wrapped his ankles up. I hadn't started playing rugby yet, but it was a perfect tackle. And uh, I grabbed his ankles and he couldn't move. He took his balance and he fell forwards and kind of did like a press-up position. One arm on the sofa arm, one arm on the armchair arm. And me, in my infinite wisdom and cruelty, decided to pick his legs up. I tipped him up in the air so that he lost his balance and his footing even more couldn't hold himself and he came crashing to the floor and broke his arm. My mum went mental. My sister cried and cried and my brother sat there going whiter and whiter just sitting there in shock. I'll be honest, I wasn't that bothered. I felt like he deserved it. In hindsight that isn't true but at the time I felt like he deserved it and uh, I wasn't bothered until my mum phoned my dad. It was back in the day when mobile phones didn't exist, or weren't widely used anyway. My mum had to phone the gym my dad was at to get him to come home. It was like late on a Wednesday or Tuesday night after school. My dad got in the gym and uh, phoned him to bring the car home so that my brother Ross could go to A&E. And I overheard the phone convo my mum and dad had, and my dad was absolutely raging. Mainly having to leave the gym early and come home to be honest. 
But I knew he was in a bad mood. And my stomach dropped. It was, it was as we call, say, squeaky bum time. You know, it, I, I wasn't... That 15-minute wait for him to come home with the car seemed like torture. It was the longest 15 minutes of my life. It took forever waiting and waiting. Waiting and waiting. Waiting for that other shoe to drop. Waiting to get why I come into me. Waiting for the coming wrath and judgment of my father that I knew was coming. I was afraid. I was afraid of the consequences of my actions. I was afraid of what was to come. Do you recognise that fear? Fear of getting what's coming to you? Fear of waiting for that other shoe to drop? Fear of being caught? Fear of being found out? Fear of having the lies that you've told or the lie that you're living being exposed? Do you fear judgment? Do you fear meeting God even? Zephaniah is full of warnings of judgment. Judgment against people who have wandered away from God, who've led, been led astray and who've led others astray. Not just people in church, who should know better, but people outside the church too. Judgment on the nations, on the unbelievers, on the enemies of the church, on those who've mocked God. And Zephaniah paints a gruesome and harrowing picture of the judgment that God will pour out. It's terrifying. It's overwhelming. In fact, most of the minor prophets is, is like that. If you've been doing your RBT, you'll notice that. Like, I, I was going to preach from Nahum, but I was like, do you know what? It's, just all, it's all bad news. I'm not sure I can do that. It's not quite all bad news. We'll talk about it another time. But it's overwhelming, isn't it? We read of God's, God's judgment painted in these vivid pictures. There's no escape. God is too big and he's too powerful and he can't be tricked. He can't be got around. With my brother's broken arm and my dad, the truth is, confession time, my brother lives in Australia, so he's unlikely to hear this. And he's unlikely to meet him, so don't tell him if you do meet him. But the truth is, I wasn't sorry for breaking his arm. I wasn't. I know, I'm a terrible brother. I wasn't sorry. I was just sorry that I was going to get battered for it. So I pretended, I actually pretended to be really upset. I, re- I can remember it really clearly, sitting on my bed. The three of us shared a bedroom because we just moved to Gloucester, this little flat, my brother and my sister. Three of us lined up. I sat on the edge of my bed. I mean, it was his bed, I can't remember. And I said, right, I'm going to have to cry now. I shut the door, pretended to be upset, gone in, shut the door, and I heard my dad open the door. I heard him come home. I said, right, it's time to cry now. So I pretended to cry. I fake cried. And I managed to trick my dad into taking it easy on me. I think he thought I was genuinely remorseful. But truth is, I wasn't. But with God, he sees and knows our hearts. He's not like my dad. He can't be got around. He, he knows our motives. Even when we lie to ourselves, when we rewrite the past, making excuses or playing down our intentions, even though we've told the story a million times to other people, we almost believe it ourselves, God knows everything. He knows. He knows all things. He knows what you've done. 
He knows what you did last summer. He knows why you did what you did. Things that you can put down to being tired or being stressed or uh, it was an accident. He knows the truth. He knows the truth. He can't be fooled. He can't be got around. And we see that in the Gospels when we read about Jesus' life. There's John's on the table there. Take it and read it and read about Jesus' life. And you'll see that when he meets people, he knows their hearts. He can cut through the nonsense, through the lies, through the front, the bravado. And he knows the truth. God cannot be got around. He knows what you've done. He sees all things. He knows your heart, your motives, even more than you do. Three and a half chapters of wrath and judgment in Zephaniah. Of people getting what they deserved. Inside and outside the church. All the unrepentant. And we read it and it's grim, isn't it? There's part of us that thinks, yeah, they had it coming. That's a good thing. But then we realise that maybe that's us too. That we had it coming. We've got it coming. And then... And then we have this incredible passage, a reminder of God's mercy and the glorious future for all those who trust Jesus. A reminder of just how much God loves you, how much he loves you, even though you don't deserve it, even though you know you've got it coming, let alone other people thinking maybe you've got it coming. Just incredible. Let's read it again. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your hearts, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He's turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands go limp. The Lord's Your God is with you. He's mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The God that we spend our lives running away from, the God we spend our lives insulting and offending and letting down, wants to delight in you, to sing over you. Never again will you have to feel fear harm. Never again will you have to be made afraid. Never have to fear being caught out again. That overwhelming, stomach-churning feeling of when you know you're busted and you know it's coming. Never have that fear that you're going to destroy yourself. When you feel out of control and you're not sure why you just did what you did or if you're going to stop yourself next time. Never do you have to fear that you'll hurt others again. Never having to wait for that other shoot to drop, for the consequences to come colliding toward you. There's two reasons, two benefits, two hopes we have in turning from our life of sin and self-reliance and trusting Jesus here in this passage. 
first of all, and it's just so hard to get your head around and so incredible, but he takes away our punishment. He's just spent three chapters telling them what's wrong with them, listing all the ways they've hurt and insulted God and the way they've treated people, other people badly and been selfish and sinful, rebellious. And yet, and yet he wants to take away their punishment. He takes away our punishment. The truth is, because of Jesus, you don't need to fear you'll be destroyed by God if you trust him. You don't have to wait for that other shoe to drop, for the consequences to catch up with us. With God, there is forgiveness. Sometimes we've messed up so badly, isn't it? We, we know we can't cover it up. We know we're going to be found out and we're just waiting. We're just waiting for that moment. And it's terrifying, isn't it? But with God, there's forgiveness. The punishment that we rightly deserve for the way we've treated God and treated other people and even treated ourselves, there's forgiveness. That God, because Jesus has provided forgiveness by taking the punishment in our place. Fear destroys happiness, doesn't it? When you're afraid, when your stomach's in knots, when anxiety grips your heart and you feel that ice in your veins, isn't it? All joy is sapped and it soaks up all happiness. I remember when I used to be a doorman uh, in a nightclub in Swansea and we had a bit of a running feud with a bunch of lads. Uh, They were actually doormen, some of them were doormen in, in other nightclubs and sometimes we got on with them, sometimes we didn't. A couple of them are quite good mates with now in the gym. There was one guy, his nickname was Oxo. And uh, he was terrifying. Terrifying. Uh, you know, I'm quite a big lump of a bloke on the whole, you know. Not the biggest, but, you know, this guy, I, I, I proper, when he went off, there was no stopping him. And uh, I was scared of him. And he'd have to, th- he came, you know, he came, he'd have to throw him out a few weeks before and he was threatening to, to hurt us badly and petrol bomb us and all that sort of stuff. And um, I remember I was, it was like quite early than, on a Saturday night. It was only about midnight soon. You know, things hadn't got going yet. It was quite quiet. And I was just, just sitting there chatting with a doorman, just having a laugh, you know, just talking nonsense and telling jokes and, and imagine, you know, thinking about what food we were going to eat when we got home. Um, we did a lot of talking about food, actually. And, you know, everything was fine. And all of a sudden, this guy Oxo comes around the corner. And instantly, my throat went dry. Because I was, I was suddenly afraid. That, all that laughing and joking, all, all that imagining fried chicken and chips had gone. It soaked, that fear had soaked up all happiness. It was all right in the end, it was fine. Messing. Sort it out. But... When we're afraid of God, afraid of the judgment we know is coming, then there is no happiness. But with Jesus and his death on the cross, there is joy. 
Because fear is taken away. The hope that comes from turning to God for forgiveness brings joy. Enough to make you sing and shout. Just like when your favourite team wins and beats the local rival, just like the Swans, smash Cardiff today, isn't it? I bet some of you were shouting and cheering in the living room. Or when your team wins the cup final. Grown men who don't normally show any kind of emotion cry and cheer and sing and shout. And the Bible says that when we see the forgiveness that we have in Jesus, when we see that we don't need to be afraid any longer, we can sing. Sing, O Zion. Sing, O Israel. How much more does the news that the one who you should fear, because he's coming around your way, is on your side? The King of Israel, King Jesus, is with you. He's with you and he's not against you. Not only do we have our sins forgiven, our punishment is taken away here and now. You can have freedom from fear, from guilt and from shame, not just today. You can be washed clean and made new. Made new. But secondly, often when the the Old Testament talks about that day, it's talking about when Jesus comes back. Judgment day, the second coming. Either that, it's either that day or it's when Jesus comes in flesh and lives and dies and rises again, the day of salvation. Or, or it's like this, it's the second coming, it's that day. On that day, on judgment day, on judgment day, all who trust Jesus, who, like it says in verse 11 and 12, let's read that. On that day you will not be put to shame. For all the wrongs you have done to me as I will remove from this city those who rejoice in their pride. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill. But I will leave within you the meek and the humble who trust in the name of the Lord. Those who trust in the name of the Lord, who are humble and not, not self-righteous, not arrogant, not trusting in their own goodness, despite the way they treated God, then, then we will, then, on that day, we will be perfect. In eternity, there'll be no more lies to undo us. No more lies for us to catch up with. There'll be nothing to fear because Jesus has died for us and we'll be with him in perfect paradise, made new. If you trust Jesus, a day is coming when there'll be nothing to feel remorseful about. Think about that. Nothing to worry about. No skeletons in our closet to bring, bring, about, bring out to ruin us. Because when you trust Jesus, you empty out your cupboards and he deals with all the skeletons. It's done and it's dusted. And, there's, and you can't do anything else to bring that about. You can't invent more, you can't chop up more bodies and make more skeletons. 
Not only do we have the hope of perfection in heaven, where we won't screw anything up again, but we can taste heaven on earth now, the Bible says. Don't give up, don't be idle, don't let your hands go limp. Keep looking to Jesus. And as we try to be more like him, we need not fear, because he is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. And he can overcome the worst of your sins. The bitterest of thoughts, the cruelest of intentions, the evilest of sins. Words, thoughts, deeds. He can rescue you from them. In fact, not only does he save you, but he delights in you. He delights in you. God delights in you when you trust Jesus. How amazing is that? He doesn't just tolerate you. He doesn't just let you slip in the back door and hang out in the kitchen if you shut up and be quiet. He delights in you. More than that, he sings and rejoices over you. Like a parent sings over their newborn baby, isn't it? So God will delight in you. Put your trust in him. He loves you so, so much. And he will delight in you far more and give you far more love than even the best mother. Maybe you've never known the proper love of a good mum. Maybe your parents barely tolerate you. Or worse, maybe they hate you. Or out of they hate you. But trust Jesus and his heavenly father. He's our heavenly father. He loves you. And he sings over you. There's that moment in Jesus' baptism where he's he's baptised in the water and the heavens open and the Father declares for everyone to hear that this is my Son with whom I am well pleased. When you put your trust in Jesus, you become one with him. You become a fellow child of God. And just as the Father is pleased with Jesus, like he has been for eternity, he is pleased with he is well pleased with you. He delights in you. And his love, his love can quiet your worried and fearful heart. Maybe you're stressed out, maybe you're on the edge in a state of anxiety and fear. His love, shown to you, proven to you in, his, in the Father sending Jesus to die for you. His love for you is so Overwhelming, so, so complete, so big, so full of delight that it can quiet your soul, that it can still your anxious heart. Don't spend your life in fear of getting caught, in fear of being found out, of everything catching up with you. Come clean to God. Give it to Jesus. What let him, what he's done on the cross, count for you. Trust in him and let his love settle your heart. Let his forgiveness set you free. Let God sing his love over you. Like a proud parent. Some of the biggest and toughest men that I've known. And they have their baby in their arms. Who 
and melts. And they sing over this. I think, isn't it? A parent, a newborn baby, you just can't help but sing over them, can you? It, just, it makes you want to sing them a lullaby, isn't it? Because you just love them so much and they're so precious to you. Friends, that's how precious you are to God. Come to Jesus and let him sing over you. So you don't need to be afraid of anything in this life or the life to come. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we thank you that in him we can find forgiveness and hope your love is shown and demonstrated and given to us in him. Oh God, thank you that you delight in your children. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you here, Lord, that they trust in you. Lord, that they wouldn't run. Lord, they wouldn't, all fears of being caught and being exposed, they'd just run to you and come clean, Lord. And let your forgiveness and mercy and love wash over them so they might sing for joy themselves. Lord, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Soul Church Sunday podcast. We hope it helped you and blessed you. We'd love to see you on a Sunday, 6pm in Neath Town Hall.